I'm Michael Coyne. Today is September 24th, 2018. You're listening to Liberty Caller. So over the weekend, another accuser came forward against Brett Kavanaugh. This time, the allegation is that at a party at Yale, while Kavanaugh was a freshman, he allegedly, again, during an alcohol-induced party, shoved his genitals into this woman's face. Now, at first, when I first read about these allegations, the woman named Deborah Ramirez, by the way, they actually sounded a lot more credible than what's come forward from Christine Blasey Ford. Now, to refresh your recollection, Christine Blasey Ford has had a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of lack of detail in her stories. These allegations were very specific, almost as though they were being recounted by a trauma victim. Originally reported in The New Yorker, the story came forward um, with the help with the reporting of Ronan Farrow, MSNBC host, journalist, um, and he given what his family history is, he knows something about um, abuse, so I can understand why this particular individual, uh, this Ramirez, chose to come forward to Ronan Farrow, but I digress. This particular story had this air of credibility to it, it had this ring of truth to it. You could understand it in some of the details. She described what she was feeling in the moment. She described what she saw, how she got into that situation, that she was at a party where she had been drinking, where he had been drinking, where they were doing stupid things, as freshmen in college are known to do. She described hearing somebody scream from down the hall, oh my gosh, Brett Kavanaugh just stuck his penis in a woman's face. Now here's the problem. Almost immediately, people came forward who were at the party saying none of that happened. None of this happened. We don't even remember Brett Kavanaugh being there. Brett Kavanaugh emphatically denies ever being at a party like that. The White House, obviously standing behind Brett Kavanaugh, we'll circle back to that in a minute, and over the course of the day, I'm recording this now, it's 5.40 central time. As I'm recording this now, I've had the day to kind of see news come across my feed, you know, reflect on the stories. The more I read about this, the less I believe it. The more seems to fall apart about it. Now... I'm going to talk for the next few minutes. Let's operate under the assumption that the allegation is true. Operating under the assumption that the allegation is true, one, Kavanaugh's in big trouble. His career as a jurist is finished. But, now here's the but, even if the allegation is true, it's still 
35 years after the fact, still nearly impossible to prove. The only thing that Ms. Ramirez would have going for her would be the testimony of other witnesses, which she does not have. As I've said, everyone who's come forward has said, yeah, didn't go down like that. Now, assuming I'm inclined to believe Ms. Ramirez, she has to come up with something else, some other way to convince us, because it's not enough to just say, well, it happened and you should believe me because I'm a victim. As we've discussed on this podcast before, at length, you don't just get to play an emotional card and win. We have due process in this country. Now, at first, it also looked like Ramirez went to law enforcement. Here's the problem. She actually didn't. Again, she went to the media first, not, and to a few uh, Democratic senators, by the way, not to law enforcement. And again, she went 35 years after the fact, which, while Kavanaugh would have been 18 at the time, that's a legal adult. So I, I never really brought into the argument, well, kids are kids. Kids do stupid things. Well, there's a certain ring of truth to that. That's why we expunge juvenile records. Kids are kids is a dumb excuse for something like this. That's not something that I, I believe. You know, at a certain point, you need to take responsibility for your actions. Even if you bought the kids are kids, kids do stupid things argument, that goes out the window this time, because Kavanaugh would have been 18. There still would be a statute of limitations. It still would be over, long over at this point. And while rape is one of the most heinous crimes, sexual misconduct is one of the most heinous crimes, I think, that we is possible. There's a reason the statute of limitations is relatively short for the crimes. That is because these things become impossible to prove. And in this case, obviously, it's not even a rape allegation. It's, it's a sexual misconduct allegation. So all of this, I say, giving the benefit of the doubt to Ms. Ramirez's story. Assuming it's true, it's impossible to prove, and at this point, her only play was to get witnesses, which so far appears to be failing. And even absent that, her next play is the court of public opinion, which is, of course, what she's going for, what Democrats are going for. If this were any other Republican presidential administration, I would say this is how Kavanaugh gets derailed. This is how his career ends. There's now two allegations. Neither one seems to be holding a lot of water, but there's two separate allegations, unrelated people. Are they politically motivated? Yes. Let's call it what it is. You, they're clearly politically motivated, but they're both out there. It looks bad. 
Polling suggests that people are more inclined to the tune of about 56% of the country, um, if you believe, I think it was uh, a Rasmussen poll came out, about 56% of the country says they're inclined to believe Blasey Ford. That number is only going to go up with a second accuser. If this were any other Republican presidential administration, I'd say Kavanaugh's out. I'd say that the president and Kavanaugh are going to sit down together and they're going to say, the, the conversation goes something like this. Brett, I'm sorry. We're going to have to withdraw your name. I don't want to drag your family through this. I don't want to drag the country through this. We're moving on to our next choice. Now, you'll notice how when I did that voice, it didn't sound anything like Trump, because Trump is not any Republican president. Here's how I think that conversation is actually going to go in this White House. Listen, Brett, I got a plan. This is all nonsense. No one believes it. It's all garbage. We are going to win. We are going to win. We are going to stick it to them. We are going to defeat these Democrats. It's going to be beautiful. And you are going to be on the Supreme Court bigly. That's what I actually expect to happen. I actually expect President Trump to press forward with the Kavanaugh nomination just to spite the Democrats. And, I mean, I again, I think Odds are pretty good Kavanaugh's still going to wind up sitting on the Supreme Court just because, at this point, the the game we're playing is one of Donald Trump's ego. It's not actually one of Kavanaugh's innocence or guilt because I don't believe the allegations. It seems politically motivated. They stink to me. It doesn't seem legitimate. It doesn't seem believable. It doesn't have that ring of truth to it. There there's too much going on on the side. Not enough corroboration for any of this. And the important thing to also remember is this is a man's life. This is a man's career. Unsubstantiated allegations from over three decades ago should not derail anyone's life. If either of these women had gone to law enforcement, gone to their friends, gone to anybody and told these stories, maybe, maybe, just maybe, there'd be enough there, there, now, to actually mean something, but unfortunately it doesn't. So even if we're to assume Kavanaugh's guilt, which in this country we don't do, we presume innocence until proven guilty, even if we're to assume Kavanaugh's guilt, there's not enough there to convict him. The media stupidly calling on these FBI investigations, okay, fine. For starters, still not the FBI's job to investigate three decade-old allegations for what are at best state-level offenses. That's not how the FBI works. The FBI also does not have a time-traveling DeLorean to go back in time and investigate these things. The FBI is not a super cop. 
It doesn't work that way. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with what the FBI can do, theoretically, could do, and reopen their background check of Kavanaugh in light of these new allegations. And what would the FBI do? Exactly what the Senate is doing and offering to do. Question witnesses. See if there's enough of a trail to substantiate these things, or enough of a trail so that if this evidence had been presented 35 years ago for either of these allegations, maybe, just maybe, an investigation might have been opened by the proper authorities. But the FBI is not going to turn up anything there. And we know this. We know this. Because the media, for all their faults, when they want to derail a Republican or a conservative over something, they will do it. They will invest all of their investigative power and the media still have terrific investigators. Let's not kid ourselves. For all the talk conservatives do criticizing the media, and there's plenty, and it's all valid, it's all warranted. I shouldn't say it's all valid. It's all warranted anyway. It's all merited. The skepticism we have for the media is merited. They still have unparalleled investigative ability in their corner. If you're doing something wrong, and you're any kind of semi-public official, phone rings and says, Hi, I'm so-and-so from the New York Times. You still get short of breath. You still get scared. The New York Times may be one of the fastest declining reputations in journalism today, I think second only to CNN. But it is still the old gray lady. It is still the newspaper of record for this country. It is still widely respected. It is still widely circulated. It is still the New York Times. And there are enough people who believe it, and enough people who read it, even if they are skeptical about it, that if the New York Times is investigating you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Same could be said of CNN, the Washington Post. Pick your media outlet. So do I think that an FBI investigation would magically turn something up that the media and the U.S. Senate have not successfully turned up? No. I don't. I don't think these investigations go anywhere, but they cause a headache. They cause a problem. And as I said, if it was, let's just say, President Mitt Romney in the White House instead of President Donald Trump, Kavanaugh's done. George W. Bush, Kavanaugh's done. President McCain, Kavanaugh's done. 
With Trump, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I don't think Trump withdraws the nomination right now. It would have to get so toxic. It would have to get so toxic that Kavanaugh withdraws his own name. And I don't see him doing that, because as of right now, as of everything I've seen, again, at the time of this recording, Kavanaugh is standing firm. He's saying, Let's, let me testify right now. If he's guilty, he does not perjure himself. He does not volunteer and get excited to go perjure himself. He's a judge. He's a jurist. He knows the legal system. And he also knows that right now the American public is not giving him the same benefit that the legal system would give him, innocent until proven guilty. In the court of public opinion, you're guilty until proven innocent. Disgusting, but that's the way it works. That's why our founding fathers created the opposite system, where you're innocent until proven guilty, and the accuser needs to prove the crime. Is this difficult in cases of rape and sexual misconduct? Yes, it really is. Because most of the time, there's very little evidence of these crimes. But the stories that both Christine Blasey Ford and Deborah Ramirez tell have something in common. These stories would have witnesses. These stories would have witnesses. There's your evidence. There's your burden of proof. And the witnesses aren't speaking out. The witnesses aren't coming forward. The witnesses are testifying against the accusers. I bring all this up not because I've got a particular love for Brett Kavanaugh or a particularly strong desire to defend Donald Trump's latest position. If you listen to Liberty Caller regularly, you know that I'm not exactly Donald Trump's biggest fan. I think that since he's gotten into office, he's actually done some really terrific things. He's also done some things that make me just... Ugh, that make my head hurt. We'll leave it there. And of course, he says things that I don't even... As a former political operative who did communications for a number of different politicians, like, <laughs> this is how you get a, a press secretary or a communications director to be on, like, suicide watch, okay? Please, for heaven's sake, someone check in on Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This poor woman. <laughs> like... I would hate to work in this White House, but but that's what that's what Donald Trump is. That's what we've got. So so where does that leave us? Why do I bring this up right now? Why do I bother talking about this? You've got a cacophony of voices. You've got a million podcasts out there saying the same thing I am. I'm sure about Kavanaugh's accusers. A million podcasts, a million TV shows. So why am I adding myself? Why is my take different? What do I have to say that's different? What I have to say is this represents something new for this country. And I give the Democratic Party 
credit. It likes these revolutionary concepts and ideas. If you recall, Democrats used the nuclear option to pass Obamacare. They used a nuclear option to pass Obamacare. There were differences in the House and Senate bills, but Obamacare represented a huge change to the budget, which actually requires a supermajority vote. At least it's supposed to. So how did they pass it? They passed it by reconciliation, which only requires a simple majority vote. So all that effort to get Scott Brown elected out of Massachusetts was for nothing. He was, he was that vote that was supposed to stop Obamacare. Did it stop Obamacare? Nope. They went nuclear. How about confirming their, their jurists? Nope. They went nuclear there too. They held a vote on changing the rules and bam! Suddenly you don't need 60 votes to confirm a judicial nominee anymore. This came from the Democratic side. And now Democrats are setting the precedent that you don't even need real allegations. You don't even need credible allegations to derail somebody. All you need to do is find someone who votes your party line, who happened to go to school with their nominee, and get them to say something. Now, Liberty Caller has no evidence that money is changing hands or anything like that. But to say that this stuff is not politically motivated is to bury your head in the sand. It is to bury your head in the sand. Democrats are truly operating off of an awful playbook right now. A dangerous playbook. Dare I say an evil one. And you think Republicans aren't taking notes? They are. They absolutely are. Because don't kid yourself. There was a time when an allegation like this, a story like this, would have never come forward. It would have never gotten to the Senate floor. It would have never gotten to the point where a man's career hangs in the balance, a man's life hangs in the balance. It just wouldn't have gotten there. People are drawing parallels to Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas. It's not the same thing. It's the same in the sense that it's an allegation. The Senate then found it not credible as well.
But now Senate Democrats have capitalized on this Me Too movement, on this idea, the victim is always right. And where is that going to leave our judicial system? The accuser is always right? Think about that. In most cases, the accuser is not a rape victim. Who brings charges against defendants? The state. The government. If we are switching to a judicial system where the accuser is presumed right, the state is always presumed right. Does this sound Orwellian to you? Good, because it does to me too. It should scare you. Democrats are trying to lay the precedent right now. And they may not completely comprehend the breadth of what they're doing. But that doesn't change the fact that this is what they are headed towards. Democrats are setting the precedent that the accuser is always right, that the state is presumed right. Can you imagine a legal system where you're accused of a crime and you have to prove your own innocence beyond a reasonable doubt. Instead of them having to prove your guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Does that scare you? Because it scares me. That will be the last freedom to go, no question. And if the left actually succeeds in redefining this country, and when I say the left, you'll notice it on social media or if I ever write a blog post or anything like that, I will very often capitalize the left as though it's a monolith, a trademarked name. Because it is. It's a professional organization at this point. I'm not talking about lowercase liberals. People with a a framed picture of JFK hanging in their, in their house someplace. People who work all day, go home, they've got a sweaty blue collar, they just also happen to be in a labor union, they believe in collective bargaining, things like that. I'm not talking about your middle America left. I'm talking about your professional left. The people who have turned this into a monetized thing. The people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Who are turning a great profit. Off of a revolution. People complain a lot about social justice warriors kind of ruining Star Wars The Last Jedi. A lot of people don't like that movie for a whole host of reasons, but there's this scene in it where this 
this code breaker guy steals this ship. And Finn, one of the main characters, is like, who'd you steal this ship from? And the guy goes into the computer and he sees, oh, the owner of this ship made his money selling arms. And they go through, you see TIE fighters, AT-AT walkers, and he says, to the bad guys, then they get to X-Wings. And the good. The original owner of that ship is what I see in Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Not in literal arms sales, but they know they are selling the tools for a revolution. And they don't care that it will destroy this country. They don't care that the only way for their revolution to succeed is to dismantle the Constitution. They don't care. And truthfully, I don't think the professional left, the left, the monolith left, cares that much about Brett Kavanaugh either. Because they are succeeding in creating this narrative. This Orwellian narrative. That the state is right. That the accuser is right. They are eroding faith in our Constitution, in our system. The best system this world has ever known. And they're getting rich off of it. They're making a fortune off of it. How many houses does Bernie Sanders have now? And of course, he was one of the first on Twitter. You must believe the accuser, because women don't lie. This is frightening. And it should strike you as frightening. It should strike you as Orwellian. Because where is the line? What are the rules in this new world order? This brave new world that the left wants to throw us into? Because the only thing that seems to unite the professional left these days is that they don't like the system we have now. Do they want to replace it with communism? I mean, that's a genuine question. I'm not trying to be another one of these conservative bomb throwers who the first thing he says is, Oh, they're communists! No, it's a genuine question. What do they want to replace our system with? You have a right to free speech in this country. I will fight to the death to defend your right to free speech in this country. But clearly, you don't believe the same thing about me. You believe that certain people you don't like should not have the right to free speech. So what are the rules? Statism is a broad category. Power to the state. 
Is it communism? Socialism? National socialism? Otherwise known as Nazism? And yes, they are actually, pretty much all three of these are about the same thing. Study political theory at some point. You'll get a lot of professors who like to pretend they're not, but you know what? When you actually compare them side by side, they're all about the same. So again, what do you want to replace it with? This isn't about Brett Kavanaugh. This isn't about Christine Blasey Ford. This isn't about Dana Ramirez. This isn't about Donald Trump, for once. This is about what kind of America is the left trying to give us. They realized they couldn't succeed politically by doing this. I don't believe, even in the near term, America is going to vote consciously for communism. It is not going to vote consciously to repeal wholesale the Constitution. But they can chip away at the Bill of Rights. They can chip away at our fundamental freedoms right to a fair trial, innocence until proven guilty, right to free speech, right to bear arms. And they're doing this now through public opinion, not through the political system. It's been said that politics is downstream of culture, and that's absolutely true. Change the culture first, and the politics will follow. And the left is succeeding there. The left is succeeding there. Today they're going for the soft targets. Nazis don't have a right to speak. Well, actually they do. You like Nazis! You don't have a right to speak either! And so it begins. There goes the First Amendment. Alex Jones doesn't have the right to speak. Actually... I may not like what he has to say, but he does have the right to speak. You like Alex Jones, you don't have the right to speak either. First Amendment gets eroded a little bit more. Now we're down to freedom of speech for those we like. Well, I believe in the Bible, which means I, I don't believe that gay marriage is a, is a valid marriage. You're a bigot, you don't have the right to free speech. Well, that's not speech, that's religion then your religion needs to be corrected or silenced. There goes the First Amendment, too. We already know how the left feels about guns. Any chance they get, they're attacking guns instead of the people who used the guns. I didn't expect them, though, so quickly to go after the right to a fair trial. the right to confront your accuser. And yes, the left really was fighting against that one. Remember, she shouldn't have to face Brett Kavanaugh because of this horrible thing he did. It's too traumatic for her. No, she's the accuser. 
she actually does have to be there. Or at the very least, she should have to be there if she wants to be taken seriously. Is that painful? If, it, if her allegation is true, yes. If it's BS, it's not painful for you. But we do that to guarantee fair trials. We do that so that we can hopefully discern innocence from guilt based on a preponderance of evidence. Which right is the left going to come after next? It's a question we should be asking ourselves. Because more and more I'm convinced that the forces we're dealing with here are not well-intentioned Americans versus other well-intentioned Americans. More and more, it's well-intentioned Americans versus people who want to destroy the system we've got and replace it with something else. And we should be asking ourselves, what do they want to replace it with? The merits of a particular argument are one thing. But what kind of country do you want America to be for your children? What, do you, what kind of country do you want America to be tomorrow? This is what we're talking about. I'm Michael Coyne. Thanks for listening to Liberty Caller. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.